many years ago, I had a friend with whom I met on occasion who talked about spiritual life and things in the spiritual life. And one day in our conversations, he revealed to me something that God was doing in his life. And I remember this overwhelming sense of, and the words came to me just like this, I better get on the ball or he's going to get ahead of me. And I realized immediately how sinful that was, to think that this was a competition with him, when in fact the competition for me was what was inside of me. St. James the Apostle has, has given us a quote. He says, where envy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Well, this is the first Sunday of pre-Lent. You know, in Orthodoxy, you know you're Orthodox when you begin a prayer with another prayer. Well, you know you're Orthodox when you begin Lent with pre-Lent. So, get ready. It starts. We begin today the journey, the descent to Holy, Holy Friday. The descent to the cross and the crucifixion. Begins now, not three weeks from now. Now. And it's a time to begin preparing for this. And even the liturgical practice of, of both rites begins to prepare us for this. The Eastern Rite begins with the food fasting starting today. And the Western Rite starts with the, what's called the liturgical fast. We start dropping pieces out of the liturgy until we get down to Good Friday when there's a liturgy of the cross, which has none of the stuff that we recognize uh, in the liturgy. We only do it once a year. So, and both rites do both of those things during Lent. We start with the liturgical fast, and we start with the food fast. So we're preparing. And we should start as we prepare and begin to prepare ourselves, making plans for our Lenten discipline. Don't wait till the first week in Lent. What am I going to do during Lent, honey? Well, guess what? My experience is that when we wait that long, we don't do anything. So it's time now. The church is wiser than we are. We've been through this. And they've dealt with people like you and me for years and years and years. They know all about procrastination and those things. And that's probably why pre-Lent is in here. It's been around at least since the 8th century AD. So that's a long time. And lots of experience to go with it. So in any case, now is the time to begin to prepare. And one of the things that we hear in these gospel readings, starting today, in, in, in really next week, I think, but maybe this week in the Easter rite, but also today, is prepare or begin to prepare by dealing with the sin of envy. Now, to me, that's a theological place to start. Start with pride, right? Envy? Well, that's what I did when I had my conversation with my friend who did the sin of envy. Start with the sin of envy. Now, where do you get that, you might ask? Well, in one of, I think it's the second Sunday in pre-Lent, uh, or the second gospel reading in pre-Lent for the Easter rite is the parable, parable of the prodigal son. And the, the main emphasis is upon the, being able to return to God in repentance, something we need to practice during Lent. But always attached to it is the story of the second son who's angry and resentful toward the father for showing mercy, and he envies him. Today we hear the story of the Western Rite, this first Sunday in, in pre-Lent, of, of the laborers in the field. And what do we hear at the end of the story? The laborers who worked all day envy the ones who only worked an hour and got the same pay. That's the beginning of pre-Lent. 
So, work on envy. Well, I don't have any envy. Well, yes, you, you must be perfect then, because every one of the rest of us does in some form or fashion, as we mentioned. What is envy? Well, the self-examination describes it thus. Dissatisfaction with our place in God's order of creation, manifested in begrudging his gifts and vocations to others. Goes on to say, these are not exhaustive, these are only two of like four descriptive definitions. Offense at the talent, success, or good fortune of others. Selfish or unnecessary rivalry or competition. Pleasure in others' difficulties or distress. Belittling others. That's, that's enough of a definition, don't you think? That's, that's a mouthful right there and a whole, whole lentful. Uh, it's not exhaustive. And remember, in, in wisdom, the book of wisdom, it says the devil's fall is caused by envy. Envy caused him to fall. And he wants us, he wants us, the crown of creation, the ones in creation through whom God will manifest himself to the whole world and to the whole universe. He wants us to emulate, the devil wants us to emulate him, not God. When he, when we, when he succeeds, we cease to be what God wants us to be and fail in our mission. We don't want to fail during Lent. We want to succeed. We want to get where we're going. But so many of us wait till Lent starts to even decide what we're going to do during Lent. No wonder we fail or don't last. And I think I may have told you when I was teaching in Catholic high school, every year during Lent, I would always ask the students a week into it, how many of you failed in your Lenten sacrifice this year? Here the entire class would raise the hand. And then I'd ask, how many of you started over again? Nobody raised their hand. Most people don't. Once they fail, they quit. That's what the devil wants us to do. And he wants us to keep from getting, getting dealing with the sin of envy. What is, what is, there, and there are two kinds of envy. So we've had the definitions when we say what is envy. Worldly envy is things of the world. Money, things or possessions. Social status, fame. Boy, I see a lot of that today. Envy of those who have faith. And you read the saints and they don't want to even be known. And we can't understand that. Who doesn't want to be known? What do we fear? Dying and being forgotten? The fact of the matter is, in three generations, not one of us will be remembered, probably. Maybe somebody will be lucky. But that's why in orthodoxy we say, memory eternal. Because the only thing that matters is that God knows us. That's the only thing that matters. God knows us. So envy for these people who have instant fame. Who cares? What's it going to get us? If it's going to be forgotten in three generations. Now you, you say, well, how can it be? Well, let's look at athletes, for example. Who are the big names? I don't even know some of the big names right now. But I remember big names from when I was growing up, which you probably, some of you younger people, probably never even heard of. That's evidence of it. And the people that you know now are going to be forgotten in another two generations. So we want to be remembered by God. Memory eternal. It's the only one that matters. Remember Jesus said, on judgment day, out of my sight, I never knew you. Wow. So worldly envy. Money, things, social status, fame. And then there's ecclesiastical envy. That is envy within the church, not just those sins. When those sins are committed by us, that's sort of a form of ecclesiastical envy. But there's more. 
criticism, slander of others. You know, it's easy to say all of you are such horrible sinners and to suggest by doing that that I'm somehow, I have arrived. I assure you, and anyone who knows me can attest to this, I have not arrived. None of us has. That's the irony of this. We keep journeying and struggling regardless. So ecclesiastical envy, criticism, slander, anger, lack of forgiveness. Remember someone telling me once, Father, I will forgive, but by God, I'll never forget. Well, he just admitted that he wasn't going to forgive. God, the Lord didn't give us excuses. He said, forgive 70 times seven, the fullness of time that's necessary. Another form of ecclesiastical envy against the priest. Get it. It'll make you feel better about yourself. There's plenty of reason. He'll, he'll attest to it. See, he's admitting it just by his hand gesture. He knows sign language. See? I do too. And, you know, I like this position because I can point the finger at him and, and turn your attention away from me. But he's very humble. He just accepts it. The buck stops here, as President Truman used to say. So ecclesiastical envy, criticism, slander against the priest, against those who lead or serve. Have you ever found yourself resenting the people who have leadership positions in the church? I could do that job just as well. Well, that may or may not be true. It doesn't really matter. It is not my job. It is not your job. It's someone else's job. Whoever has that job, that's the one who's responsible for it. We shouldn't be envious in that regard. And all of that is a form of worldly envy, which intrudes into this. And it leads us to the sin of covetousness. Thou shalt not covet. We want those positions because we want fame and we want recognition. And we forget the real need for recognition and fame. And so we commit the sin of covetousness, and the, and the more it consumes us, the more it becomes lust. See, we think lust is sexual, but it's all kinds of things. The need for fame that consumes us is a form of lust. And then there's the sin of pride, which is the origin of all sin. And it, it becomes one of self-absorption and focus on me. You ever notice our language? I've mentioned this in classes, but it's my job, my spouse, my kids, my this, my that, my clothes, my possessions. It's just, it's all, everything that reality is related to us as individuals. And we see reality from that perspective, but God sees it from a different perspective. And we need to learn to see it from His. And when we envy, we're seeing it from the, the fallen perspective. And we're doing exactly what the devil wants us to do. And so this pre-Lent, pre all, all of that, by the way, is idolatry. Trying to have God our way. You know, none of us would say we're idol worshipers, but when we try to have God our way, that's idolatry. And when we want the Christian life our way, that's idolatry. So envy has to be dealt with right up front. So what I'm telling you is, is plan on it. The pre-Lent message is, is then that sin is prevalent in all of us. Each of us. There's nobody in here accepted. It's here somehow in some form. During Lent, work on it. 
plan to, as I just mentioned. Don't rationalize. Don't waste time rationalizing. Just resolve to work on it, whatever that entails for you and me. And pray for each other, because it's a long, hard struggle as each of us knows <coughs> dealing with ourselves. And lastly, pray for our own forgiveness. Lord, forgive me, because I keep doing this, and I've been doing it for years and years and years. Will I ever learn? I don't know. You know, the one saint who was on his deathbed, and, and his angel came for him, and he said, I'm not ready yet. I haven't finished repenting. He knew himself. So pray for, for our forgiveness and for the forgiveness of everybody else and for contentment. That is, we should be satisfied with what we have. It is enough. <laughs> Come on, guys. The lives, the things we have to deal with in life are enough, aren't they? Why would we want someone else's issues? I remember a parishioner who was quite wealthy and a big pleasure in our parish up in Wichita Falls once said to me that she was really wealthy. Oil oil. She said, being rich is, is hell. And I was thinking, yeah, right. Well, I want to be rich. <laughs> well, I'm not rich, but I do. I've learned a few things about having anything. And it's got every, whatever you have is its responsibilities. And as I learned from her, there were all kinds of responsibilities that I didn't want that came to being rich. Notice politicians, they appeal to our envy. If you just get the rich and tax them to death, Everything will be fine. Well, who are the rich? They never define who they are. Because, see, when it's envies at work, it's whoever has something we don't have. So we could all qualify as the rich. To many people in the world, we are the rich. So contentment, to be content with what is, it's enough. And lastly, to learn to pray for stewardship. Everything in this Christian life is a matter of stewardship. We are slaves of Christ. We will do, we have chosen to do what he says. And so we have to learn the principles of what he expects, and that's called stewardship. It's not just money. You know, the stewardship of family, stewardship of spouse, the stewardship of job for Christians. And it's easy for us to learn to envy other people I had an easier job and an easier boss, you know, I, I do just fine. Well, so we get there and then all kinds of new sins erupt. So it, we have to learn to be stewards of what's given to us instead of envying what everybody else has or what we don't, or what we think we don't have. Again, going back to that statement from St. James, where envy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Let it not be said at the end of Lent that that's true of each of us. And, and I, you know, I can't, I can't deal for you and you can't deal for me. All we can do is pray for each other. We have to look at ourselves and deal with us, each of us. And that will seem like, oh, well, that, the enemy will tell us that's not going to change the world. Guess what? That is wrong does change the world. If one of us representing all of creation is changed, creation is different. So that's a lie. Satan is the father of lies. So we can make a difference by working on ourselves. And now's the time to prepare for it and plan for it and know what we have to do.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.